Is your local business missing that little extra oomph? What if I told you your message could reach thousands of sports fans all across the Columbus area, including the ones that listen to this station? Partner up with Ignite Sports and the Columbus River Dragons for the 2022-23 season and watch your big idea become the next big thing in Columbus. For partnership details and to speak to a representative, call 706-507-4625. That's 706-507-4625. You love and support your local sports teams. Now let your local sports teams support you. Partner with the River Dragons this hockey season uh, and welcome to the to our new episode of two minutes of roughing i am joined by a very tired mark in this episode you could hear him tired, the, why'd you just go like to start the episode well you know uh, no that's me getting out of covid jail okay all right moving on that's why i was not here last week because fuck covid <laughs> all right well, we have a lot to talk about. So, a lot on the SP side, not a lot on the Fed side. So, we'll go straight into the Fed standings to start off everything. Columbus, still at number one. Um, who will dethrone the king? Nobody. Uh, anything uh, to say? Uh, Carolina's man, not going to. Carolina's Carolina. not going to. They're not going to dethrone them. Stop. I mean, we thought Danbury was. We thought Bainton was going to dethrone Danbury. Look how close that is to happening. We never said that. We said that's very close. It's just going to be a scenario where both teams are doing really good, and then there's a couple losing streaks like we're going to talk with Danbury's. Not too hard. There's there's a big difference between 10 points, and right now we're nearing it's at 13 points between Carolina and Columbus. I mean, 13 points is a fad. That isn't too much, though. It's still quite a bit. So, But, yeah, so Columbus is doing good. Nothing you can really kind of – Say else about that because again, you know, it's Columbus. I, I won't. I won't comment on their opponent for this week until later, until we get to their opponent because I have something really funny to say about that. That's three points. <laughs> no, 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 hold on. I know. But I know. Anyway, Carolina. I know. Carolina split the weekend with uh, Columbus, but still, I do find it funny that Carolina still is able to. Uh, it's one of the few teams that can keep Columbus looking mortal. Mm. That that's the best way to put it. Like otherwise, Columbus looks like world eaters. All right, so I guess teams. let's talk about Carolina then. Yeah, I mean they, they split the weekend with Columbus, like you just said. <clears throat> I, I do you think that I, I don't I disagree on this point. Do you think Carolina is a team that could seriously beat Columbus and and like and overtake them and become number one in the Continental Division? I'm not sure if they can do that, but come playoff time, I'm. I don't know if Columbus is outright a better team than Carolina right now. The only reason Columbus mm-hmm. is as far as they are is because they had a far better start to the year. Mm-hmm. Carolina start the year, they they weren't doing so hot. Yeah. That's that's the biggest difference right now. Otherwise, they are neck and neck. Yeah, that, that, that's kind of something to look at. But then you have another team that's only eight points behind Carolina, which in the Fed, that's actually very close compared to 13 points. Uh, Port Huron, not exactly doing super hot, but they're, they're still a team that is hanging around in third. Um, interesting kind of how they're doing. Again, they're, they're, they're 0.500 in the last 10. They're, you know, nearing 0.500 uh, the way they're playing at the moment still. But yeah, inter- the third place is a very fair place for this team, what you say? Yeah, I mean, they played four more games than they played the most games in the Continental. 
by at least two, but they have four more games over Carolina. So it's that's why they're in third, but they are a lot closer to Motor City than they are Carolina. Um, mm. No, I mean, just look at it, though. I mean, because eh. eh. Motor City, like, because well, let's get into Motor City as well. Motor yeah. City's only has played two less games and is only four points behind Port Huron. They could easily make that up. That's true. Like, they're only .007 weight percentage behind Port Huron. Yeah. I, I guess that's kind of the thing. And then, of course, we have Mississippi, who's actually been on a two-game winning streak. They uh, have the second-best 10-game mark record in the Continental. I don't know how I feel yeah. about this. They have it a better like- record in the last 10 games than Columbus. Uh, to me, this feels like too little, too late, where it feels like the team is now clicking. Again, that's kind of the plight of expansion teams where you often have big dips and not super high highs. So It still looks fine, though, right now. Yeah, it does. It does. It's the team I feel like next year we could be talking serious title contender. So Maybe, yeah. All right, so let's move on to the Empire Division. Uh, Danbury, what's going on there? Two-game uh, losing streak. Two-point difference between them and Binghamton. Let's talk they, about Binghamton also. They, no, no, we need to talk about Danbury first. <laughs> what the hell was that against Watertown? I forget. I, I don't. They didn't get swept, but they did lose the weekend. They lost the last two games to Watertown. Yeah. Like, how? 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 Like, there's a couple. Okay, there was some. There was a few freaking upsets this weekend, this past weekend. Uh, being to lost the game to Port Huron, uh, Mississippi. We didn't even mention this. Swept Motor City. It's like yeah. there, and now Danbury lost two of three to Watertown. Like, what is what happened? And then say even the biggest one. Like what happened? <laughs> yeah, that's it's was there a, a full moon that I didn't know about. Yeah. I mean talking about Wharton also, they're on a two game winning streak. Well yeah, that's just like yeah, because yeah. two games against Danbury. Yeah. Like what the heck? Like and now this sets up to on Friday, you have Danbury versus Beamton. And that will be for first place. Hmm. Because say if if Binghamton wins that regulation, they take first place. Yeah, and it's, with two games, le- like with two less games played than Danbury. Yeah, that's it's very interesting to kind of uh, see all of that. So, um, you know, let's go and talk about our last two teams. You have Elmira, and then we'll talk about <laughs> Delaware. <laughs> all of you, I mean, they played each other. Yeah, this weekend. So let's just Elmira, 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 you have been doing so well. How did you get swept by Delaware? Delaware literally has not, they won one game. They were on a 28 game losing streak up until this weekend. And you gave them two straight wins. Yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of, why is it always you? Why is it always you, Elmira? When he's, when he's bad teams. You play against them, you give them wins. Yeah. And this goes back to even the enforcers. 
Hi, Battle Creek. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's like uh, what and know what's even funnier? Know what's even funnier? The Delaware broadcast. This is, I don't think it was on purpose. But when they had like the Elmira score like on the score bug, the mm-hmm. Elmira background was enforcer green. Yeah. Which I felt was very fitting given what was happening. This is the first time Delaware's had a weed streak in probably over a year. Well over a year. Yeah, that's uh <sighs> it, it's one of those things. It's one of those things. Okay. So we got a lot of fast feed news we gotta cover, so let's go ahead and talk about that. So <sighs> oh oh by the way, Delaware, before we yeah. actually move on to that. Hey Delaware, uh I'm congratulations on winning two games in a row. Your reward, a three game weekend in in Columbus. <laughs> yeah. That so. that's your reward. Have fun. Yeah. If you no, if you if you beat the dragons at all in any of those games, throw a parade. Yeah. Seriously, do. Uh, but Ugh. let's all let's right. talk. Has a, with a, has yeah. been a wild ride. Oh, okay, boy. so so Thursday, it officially happens. The tweets are dropped from the Vermilion County Bobcats account. Uh, the the team ceases operation. So I've I've basically I, I am kind of sick to death about talking about the topic a little bit. I was not here last week. So I you get to talk about it. It's all cast. you, all you, Mark, all you. Okay. One, I am. Oddly enough, I have now. I can now say I see the last proper Vermilion County Bobcats game. I'm saying proper because they actually played. <laughs> so I've I've bear witness to that. Uh, the whole situation. I was so glad when it finally all ended because nobody real. I don't even think you realize how much, how deep into this I was. We we kind of knew based on how tired you were. Like you were, you were digging down into it. Like I, it was constant. It was constant. Like I was so tired of Vermilion County by the end. I just wanted it to die. No offense. But I just wanted to die for my own sanity. And uh, they're basically good riddance, Bobcats. Hopefully, I I want the Dashers back. And I think most everybody wants the Danville Dashers back. I will even try to be there opening night if the Dashers do return. Because the Bobcats were a mistake. Point blank, nothing that, like that's the biggest way I can summarize it. They were a mistake, that's and I, uh, I hope the SPHL has learned their lesson from this. Don't um, just go, just, don't don't just go to a market because it's nice and cheap. Yeah, that's. That's the thing. That's that's a, that's a thing that you kind of have to think about a little bit. And, I, I, and uh, today, yeah. just before we record this podcast, uh, the SPH announced the schedule changes. They've completely reworked the schedule. Uh, there will be a few teams who play not 56 games. So I think we've officially hit the point where we have to look at points percentage. 
now mm-hmm. because they can't go off of regular points because not everybody's going to play the same amount of games. Yeah. So I will. So when we talk about the standings, I will be using percentage and not points, which will cause some differences. But I think that's the only way we can really look at it now. Yeah, that's uh, that's the thing. It's like wow, that's you have to wonder like with this team. We're, we're probably going to see the aftermath for the, re- the rest of the season, but it's like, uh, it, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I, I have my things, and it's just like, I don't know. I don't, I just, it, it, on one hand, I feel like I'm kind of, I feel like we've kind of, everyone's kind of ran this topic in the ground considering how big the story got. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, it's just still, it's like, oh, we're going to, we're going to be seeing the rest of this. It, it's not season. over. That's the thing. As much as we want it to be over, it's not over yet. Yeah. Uh, but also, uh, there was supposed to be a dispersal draft this week, but I believe the league canceled it. I want yeah. to almost say it's because I don't know the full reason. My personal theory is because they literally didn't have enough players to do it. Yeah, but they only had like 10 players left. Like it was just easier to let these guys be free agents, let <sighs> them choose their own team. Yeah, and... so that's what they're doing now. They're just free agents. Now, uh, so they could go wherever they want, be it in the SPHL, the Fed, or even the ECHL, because there have been some players who actually have got called up since this whole yeah. fiasco started. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, basically, almost anywhere would be better than what they had to endure in Vermilion County. Yeah. And I do hope the best for every single one of these players. Yep. The same. So let's Whoa. talk about now on some better news. Peoria, you're you're the Peoria expert, so I'll let you kind of explain what's going on over there. Yeah. Uh, yesterday was kind of a big day. Some actually potentially good. I, I would say it's a good sign, but the fight isn't over. Uh, there was an article that came out. Oh, so no, actually no. That morning, yesterday morning, uh, Dennis Sear, who is a former Riverman player. Former Turner Cup champion uh, in IHL. He is currently a member of the Peoria City Council. He is a councilman. Um, and he made a post the, yesterday morning saying the Rivermen have been saved. Uh, the 28th was a date that's going to be, there's going to be some sort of vote. Like he didn't go into much detail, but he basically said that we have completed the mission. Now, there's still, now, yesterday about 6 p.m. Central, uh, that's when the Peoria City Council meeting began, and about that time is when the Peoria Journal Star article dropped, where it made mention of what is happening. Uh, There's going to be a vote on the 28th of February. There's apparently a deal in the works, and the City Council's on board, the Civic Mm -hmm. Center's on board, and the Riverman are on board. And this is to basically get an ice plant into a new ice plant into the Civic Center, which would mean Riverman hockey isn't going anywhere. In fact, it even sounds like the arena may want a longer lease. Like we're talking five plus years, which if that's the case, like that's, that's the best case scenario you could imagine. Yeah. However, like I said, 
Nothing signed yet. Nothing's in black and white yet. So the fight will continue on. But for anybody in the Pure area, Pure River fans who are listening to this, keep doing what we are doing. We, I feel like we are getting close, but let's not step off the gas pedal yet. Yeah. So I, I guess you know, we were kind of talking about this before. How long do you think a Peoria lease would be under this new scenario? Like I said, well, I'm just going off of what the Journal Star article said. Like they're thinking maybe five plus years. Mm. Kind of like uh, what Quasi just got. That's uh, yeah. That's uh, that's interesting. Well, here's the thing. Here's my thought process of the two. If the Simpsons is going to actually get a new ice plant, they're going to make sure it's used. Yeah, they they want people to use that entire thing. So, so. that's pro- that's actually a good justification. Like for a long lease, we just got a new ice plant. We're make sure it's used. Yeah, that's. So you, you want you want yeah, <laughs> so that that's kind of the thing. So let's talk about some uh, some you know the SPHL itself with Peoria still leading fifty six points. Kind of a rough road trip though. Kind of rough. Yeah, yeah, you did split the weekend. So. Uh, no, we didn't even split the weekend. Well, we split the weekend against Pensacola, but we lost the night before Birmingham. Oh, that's also right. Yeah, I forgot about that part. It was it was rough. Uh, I don't know what it is. It looked like the chemistry was just out of whack. Like, that's the best way to put it. Like, Friday wasn't too bad, but Thursday and Saturday, it just felt like the chemistry was off. Oh. All right. Uh, and, and, but now we got Alec Bear back now again. Right. <laughs> so now, I mean, if you look at the roster, you look at the roster – you would think the fuck that that the River were basically an ECHL team, given the type of roster they have, mm-hmm. and I mean the standings reflect that in a lot of ways. But there's still it's still clear to me that there's still things that need to be worked on, which is fine. Like no team is perfect, where there's always going to be things to work on. And if you want to bounce back weekend, well, how about three games finally coming back home? Because we actually haven't been home in almost a month. That last game against Verilli County was on the 22nd and of January. That was the last time we were at home. Yeah. So it's been a little bit since we've been at home. And now we're playing three games straight against Macon. Yeah, that, that's, 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 you know, that's probably a, uh, I don't know what to say, but. That'd be an interesting thing because Macon has kind of been on a weird turn, uh, where they have been kind of playing. Yeah, they've been they're three so seven in the last ten, so they aren't going to be the easiest out. But yeah, I I don't see them putting up as much of a fight like as Pensacola or Birmingham. Which speaking of Birmingham, if we're going yeah, up credits now, that's the next team we're talking about. Yeah, it's they, they are they're, they're number two right now. Uh, they are hanging out uh, because they have 50 points. Uh, you know, they're a team that again had a, a you know big thing going on with that with being being Peoria, and they've had a, they had a good weekend also. So uh, against Knoxville, it's just interesting to see. They, yeah, they beat they beat Peoria, Huntsville, and Knoxville this past weekend. Shush. No, 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 no. And they beat, they, they beat Huntsville and Huntsville. Josh. 
See, I, see, I will talk about my team's misfortunes. You won't talk about yours. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, Birmingham, they, and a very, they're still, even when you go off a percentage, it's still a very tight SPHL right now. Yeah, it is. Top. It's still kind of ridiculous. So, but right now, I would say that they have earned that second spot. Because given the teams they beat this past weekend, they've earned it right now. Yeah. Uh, so I would say they are actually, I would say, yeah, though, they are the most deserving team to be in second. Uh, they have played more games than a couple than some of these teams. And that's why their percentage is as high as it probably could be. But mm-hmm. but let, let's go to third place in percentage, though. Which is Huntsville. No. no. Oh, yeah, Roanoke. 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 <laughs> Remember, you can sort it. Percentage on the SPHL website. Yeah, you can. I, I probably should do that. Uh, but to be fair, yeah, the dogs and Havoc, uh, they're very neck and neck. That's point zero zero three difference. But Roanoke uh, had a little bit of a rough weekend themselves. Uh, they lost Thursday to Fayetteville, lost Friday to Knoxville, but then they beat Huntsville on Saturday in Huntsville. What the hell, actually? What the yeah. Hell? Y'all, 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 huh? Yeah, just kind of there. They're just, uh, they're there. I mean, I guess they earned that third spot over Huntsville because they did beat Huntsville in Huntsville. Yeah, pretty decidedly too, five to two. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Okay, when we, uh, I, I'm gonna have to mention a game here in a, in a couple teams, but Huntsville. Since we're talking about you, uh, what the crap? Pain. You played, you played two games and lost both of them. Like, that's – and to be fair, they were against tough teams like Birmingham and Roanoke. But and but you're also at home. Like, you guys typically are fine at home. Yeah, that's, what, that's what, a thing. What happened? What, uh, what yeah, happened? It's, it's a thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're still in fourth in a very – Tight, like second to fourth right Yeah, right again, now. again, a couple like two wins and just a couple of Roto glosses will be fine. So it, yeah, but it just sucks that you lost to the two teams that are now ahead of you. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, like, it, uh, it, so. I mean, I hate to say it, but you kind of have earned the fourth place just because. All right, moving on. Let's all run Knoxville. Okay, Knoxville. I want to talk about. What happened on Saturday? Yeah. What the first period is Saturday's game between Birmingham and Knoxville. What the hell? By the end of the first period, <laughs> it was five to three, Birmingham. Yeah. Goaltending yeah. was optional. To be fair. And then by the end of the second, it was already eight to four. Yep. It was like <laughs> It's just like what the hell? It, it's uh, it, it's a thing. <laughs> wait, was there? Wait, 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 wait. Wait, what? There was no hat tricks. Yeah, Damn. there was no hat trick. You would think there would be a hat trick in there somewhere, man. Yeah, you would. <laughs> and like only two players, one on each team, actually had two goals. Even <laughs> it, it was a night for everybody. It, it, it was score a goal night. There you go. Uh, apparently, yeah. Like you get a goal, you get a goal. Like, gosh darn! Yeah. Holy. 
Well, speaking uh, of goals, uh, Evansville, five-game winning streak. Yeah, like Evansville, kind of, I think I think they've kind of got tired of us saying they overperformed. <laughs> overperformed because uh, they, they, I think they're a little angry. They still have a little bit of catching up to do with the rest of the teams, percentage-wise, especially I, now. But if they keep playing like the way they are, they're probably mm. going to be hanging around fifth with no issue. Kind of maybe, I mean, yeah, the the second through six right now is just nuts. That any of these teams can be in any spot comes playoff time, and I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And heck, honestly, I'm almost tempted to put in a seventh team, another team in there, Pensacola. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's Pensacola. Uh, I think they're they're doing annoying things. They're doing annoying things. Who are they like playing? Winning they a couple games and then like oh they're playing uh, Burnley. They're, yeah. Ooh ooh ooh. I just realized how light this weekend is. Actually, it feels light. Yeah, it is. I think they I think they only play them on Sunday, so I think they only have one game this weekend. Yeah, this is weird. No, they play on Presidents Day. They're in Birmingham on President's Day. Oh, uh, there's like yeah, there's a couple of Monday games. Yeah, yeah, so that explains everything. That explains it a little bit more, but just still it looks it does look really light though. Still. Yeah, it does. Uh but anyway, yeah, Pensacola uh turning it around a little bit. They're kind of they're ahead of Fayetteville currently. Although they've had three less games than Fayetteville and two more points. So yeah. percentage wise, they're doing a lot better now. Yeah, they are. That's the thing. Um, now that it's now that it's based on percentage. Yeah, they yeah. they're like in between the chaos of the top six, but also in but also in between them and uh, Fayetteville pretty evenly. Yeah, uh, and then talking about teams with percentage, I mean, you know, Quad City. Ugh. Yeah, they like they aren't out of it. But they have to hope that Fayetteville actually has to go through another downturn at this rate. Which, I mean, they're playing yeah. like this team. Fayetteville is playing uh, Knoxville at Knoxville, and then they're also going to Huntsville on Sunday. So, I mean, and oh yeah, they're going up Knoxville on Saturday, and then going to Huntsville on Sunday. So, it's not impossible that, you know, well, actually, no, hold on. Quad City doesn't even... Oh, no, they do play. Oh, they're hosting Roanoke. Quad City's hosting Roanoke Friday and Saturday. Ooh. Hmm. Uh, okay, as a Riverman fan, uh, Meteor? Meteor, yes. Yes. Yes, Me- Meteor in Umbeline, yes. Uh, that that would be kind of what I'm kind of hoping for there. Because uh, I don't really want Quad City to do that well, but the same I don't want Roanoke to get closer... Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. But then we have last place Macon, and we can officially say that now. Last place Macon. I hate it. I feel like I feel like there's a team there. It feels very much like a Vermont County scenario where there's a team, and it just it hasn't fully clicked, and they're going to need another season to finally fully put it together. Well, because I think I it's mean, there. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you want to put 
I don't know if you want to say make it the Verlin County situation because Verlin County situation, uh, I, that doesn't end well. I'm not talking about like Verlin County's business side of the situation. I'm talking about they're, they're playing because we both agree Verlin County. That's why I'm like, uh, be careful how you word that because, man, that's putting some bad juju on them, man. Yeah, that's the thing where it's like uh, I feel like I feel like given another season, this team is going to be something to watch. I really do. Although you know, actually, before we go, can we talk about Quad City making? Yeah, sure. The the goals for making mm-hmm. is has a better offense than Quad City. Making's only played thirty four games, has one less goal. They played four less games than Quad City, but only I have just one realized less that. Goal. Wow, yeah, that's true. But Quad City under like uh, Dave has always been like more of a defensive team. They always stop their opponents from scoring. But it's funny because, well, to be fair, how many? I think Eric Levine has set alone has set out Quad City four times, and, I, and that's not counting every other team in the league that's played against Quad City. So the, it's they need to figure that out. They aren't yeah. going to make the playoffs with that. Yeah, that's true. Like that is rough. That is rough when when your offense production is last in the league, like per game. That's rough, and like that's going to be a huge factor in if Quasi doesn't make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think that's a very fair thing to say. All right, well, guys, we have an interview coming up with Tyler Becker, so stay tuned. In just a second, we're going to switch that over in three. All right, and welcome everybody to this interview with Tyler Becker. Tyler, welcome to the show. I'm going to kind of let you start off, kind of introduce yourself and uh, kind of your resume out there. Uh, yep, uh, my name is Tyler Becker. I played in the FHL and the SBHL uh, over the past couple seasons. Uh, a lot of the Binghamton fans would know me and like Elmira. Um, also played in Macon. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I guess let's go ahead and start talking about kind of your pro career. Uh, you you were uh, you're an ACA guy. Uh, you you were like with Danbury with the Titans, not the Hat Tricks, uh, for a bit. Then you kind of I guess very very fair to say you were kind of a a Fed journeyman. You've been kind of with I mean you you look at something like Elite Prospects or Hockey DB. Uh, you've been with a lot of teams, and I, I'm sure that means a lot of stories, but including uh, the Northern Federals who. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Cornwall, if you remember that story, that was a whole thing. But y- you've been kind of around the league, and I'm sure that's led to some interesting experiences. Yeah, it certainly has. Uh, I remember some stories like uh, I remember seeing a game one time where the rules weren't really solid, and it was like either a three-person or a five-person shootout. And, well, this is like a good memory. And so they determined like after the three-person shootout that it was supposed to be like a five. And I remember watching kids – so. That, uh, Port Huron thought that they won the game. They all went to the locker room. And, like, after they determined it was a five, so kids had to put on their socks, but they came out without shin pads and they were shooting in the shootout. Oh. That was, like, the f- funniest thing. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, it, it, <laughs> you love those little fed stories where it's like, okay, well done, guys. <laughs> you didn't read a rule book. Um, but... I guess kind of you, you're someone who, who's been kind. I guess me, Mark. I, I wonder if you agree with me on this assessment. You kind of someone who kind of has been playing since the Fed has kind of changed from oh, it's just happened to be the beer league that play that pays to 
now it's becoming a fairly professional league where there are players that are coming in and, and you know moving on up through the levels of hockey. I guess how is that it kind of you see you've seen some of that change happen. How does how do you describe that for us? I've definitely seen some of the change happening. I remember when I was a rookie in Danbury and uh there were some big fighters that used to just chase me around the ice. <laughs> but it's gotten more professional, definitely, but it can definitely get uh, a lot better, you know. Uh, I think it's only the beginning. And, you know, some of the, the extra stuff we could do with, like, less of that. You know, there's a lot of great talent. And to help the credibility of the league, you know, I think guys need to be getting – like opportunities to be able to stick on the same team all season long, you know? Mm. So I, you, you kind of talk about with the fighters, I guess, what's your kind of perspective on, there was kind of a very weird shift this off season where maybe it was the popularity of the untold sports documentary on the Danbury trashers. Uh, and then you also had ice wars become a thing. Uh, you, you kind of saw this where a lot of teams were signing, I guess you can say goons or fighters our, our guess people who kind of were guarding the other, I guess you could say the more hockey based forwards or defensemen. What was your kind of thoughts seeing all those people get signed? Um, this year was just a weird year. Um, there's a lot of players that are kind of out that should still be in. And I'm not really talking about myself. Um, you know, I, I don't really know what, the reasoning for that is it's just because it's, you know, you could say like all oh, COVID year last year, but there was less teams, you know? So I don't know if it's like a changeover. Uh, I'm hoping that it goes the right way. You know, sometimes I think in these lower minor leagues, there's like a lot of politics and like nepotism, but um, to build the credibility of the league, I think that that needs to be distanced from. And um, like, you never know, you could have, like a stud that comes in out of nowhere and he could be the kid that gets up to the NHL, you know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> it would build the credibility of the league. It's it's going the right way, but it just needs to be a little quicker. I don't know if the league is growing a little too fast and maybe um, kind of halt, halt the growth a little bit so that we can make sure that we're not – like players aren't slipping through the cracks and everything. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I guess that's kind of what I see. I, I, I see a lot of good players kind of getting, you know, jerked around. Um, yeah. That's interesting. So I guess then what's your thoughts on – we have Baden Rouge possibly coming into the league. That's still up in the air a little bit. We have Wyfield. That's 100% coming in. Uh, rumor right now is Trenton is coming into the league, and there's possibly more. Uh, I mean, it seems like every day there's a new rumor, but, again <laughs> – Half the time, those never come to fruition. But, uh, I mean, the Fed is looking at at least three teams coming into the league next year. Uh, I guess you, you say that. I guess how would you how would you you have these markets that seem perfect for the Fed, and then maybe they need to we need to go ahead and go in now. How do you kind of work with that growth and yet still make sure that the proper players are going to the proper places? Uh, if I, if I were to say like my opinion, I guess I would say in, in a way right now, it's kind of like a fraternity and it's like, which is fine, but teams kind of need to be separated and, you know, personnel 
decisions need to be separated. You know, you can't have this team, you know, looking for a guy, looking for a spot to put a guy on this team. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. I think that there's like a few people that kind of have the say on all the personnel around the league and where they go and how much they make. And it really limits opportunities for some people. Um, you know, I'm thinking of like a few individuals right now that were like top players in the 16 league that probably won't return to play in the league. And and that's unfortunate. Um, you know, that Baton Rouge team though, I gotta say, uh, that market, uh, absolutely like a go. I actually played in that game, uh, this year, the Ah. last game we had, and it was like unreal, even walking down the street and going to like a restaurant before the game. Like, uh, they had the Baton Rouge Kingfish shirts on. Uh, it's going to be a great time there, and it's really yeah. good for the league. Yeah, I, I, hopefully, fingers crossed for news soon about that. But I guess so you mentioned you played there. Well, how was the, the situation on the benches? Because the camera angles were a little weird for that game because, of course, temporary setup mostly. I guess kind of describe what it was like having to play in, in that condition. <laughs> well, the ice wasn't really the best, but – um, so it was very tough to make plays. Like basically, you know, everybody was kind of just slapping the buck, but, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, like the benches, that was kind of hilarious too, because guys could just scream across and there was like nothing really <laughs> stopping them. Uh, yeah, there was no glass barrier between them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I remember. It definitely could have ended up like, I think like the players on both sides respected that barrier, but if they didn't, or if it were to blow over, like if it was like a real rivalry game, it would have blown over and it definitely would have been bad. Oh yeah. But we did get a good fight at the end there. So. (laughs) Um, Mark, if you have any more, any questions before I kind of, I want to, I have a couple that I really, that that might be pretty long. So Mark, if you want to go and get one in. Yeah. So, You mentioned actually that you were part of that Northern Federals team, even yep. for just a couple of games. What was that like being part of a team that wasn't really a team? Like it was a team, but just kind of just there to fill the schedule. Well, I got, I got to be honest. I had no idea that that's the team that I was going to. Uh, so I started the year in North Shore and I actually – was doing really good in North shore. I had like, uh, at the time I, I think I was, uh, that was my rookie year. And honestly, I went there just because, uh, I was a newcomer into the league. I only played like five games with Danbury the year before, once I graduated college. Um, and I figured I would go there. I I don't really know the situation with that team. It was kind of weird, but once I got to, I left there after, uh, it was like, I think I was like leading the league for D man and points and I went home for Christmas and that's when I thought I was going for like to play for Cornwall and they were like, Oh, can you help us out? They never really told me the situation. And then when I got there, it was just, uh, I don't know. I didn't really know what I signed up for. So I, <laughs> I, I don't know how many games it said I played, but I only played in one game. Uh, yeah, yeah, it has uh, two and a minus ten. <laughs> <laughs> that first period, I remember. Yeah, he had a couple assists. He had a couple assists. Yeah, I remember the first period, and I was like, "Oh, this is." I didn't know I was signing up for this, but uh, 
I, I just remember, and honestly, it kind of gave me a little bit of uh, like resent towards Watertown because I just remember hearing the Blue Mountain State uh, like Goldhorn song, and I, I hated that song ever since then. <laughs> uh, uh, that's that's great. So, I, I guess I, I want to kind of move into talk about this season, especially. You happen to be playing for two expansion teams uh, this year. You played for Elmira. And you played for Mississippi. Yeah. I guess, so two two expansion teams, what were the similarities and the differences for these two teams, especially because this is their first year in the league? Uh, well, I got to be honest. Uh, I had no control over really anything that happened. I mean, I was under the idea that I was going back to Binghamton. Uh, apparently... Uh, I was traded over the summer, which I, I wouldn't have re-signed there. So I, I don't really know what happened. I ended up going over to uh, Elmira, like right when I got to camp. And apparently it was a done deal before I even got there. Um, so, I mean, I wasn't really happy with that situation because I, I loved Binghamton. I loved the fans of Binghamton. Um, I did really well in Binghamton. Uh, for when I before I went to the SP, and then when I came back, it just wasn't really the same. Hmm. Um, once I got to Elmira, though, I, I was scared of Elmira. I'm not gonna lie because I could kind of see some of the chaos from within, uh, just looking at the rosters and everything. Um, but I must say, like Matt, uh, like Mackie Donner, who's the equipment manager, like unbelievable kid. Um, actually knows what he's doing and he is the owner's son of uh steve donner and mr donner was a very professional and a great guy and uh all the office management there it just you could kind of see that it was just gonna be chaos at the beginning and um sadly like i think uh, a lot of players including myself got lost up in that that Mm. you know didn't really deserve it uh you see a few of the kids have made it back there um, like McGuire, who is a great defenseman, that kid, uh, you know, he has a lot of offensive potential. Um, but I think in a way I was probably kind of used to get some of the big dogs to come back and I wish it would have gone a little different or like I could have been allowed to, you know, do my thing. Um, wasn't a big fan of the coach, uh, Glenn Tamaris. Uh, I was excited to skate for him because I heard all these great things, but I I don't know if, you know, something, something must've happened or, uh, you know, I take like a lot of pride in my game and I think that sometimes that rubs people off the wrong way. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we had a hot start and, uh, it was like three points in the first three games. And then I got suspended for an abusive official, which, I don't know why they're hand, they're handing those out like candy this year. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's when that's when I complain of mine. I feel that, like that's been happening. Yeah. That's been happening in both leagues, honestly. Yeah. What uh what happened with the abuse official last? Somebody oh. else just got one too. Yeah, it, it feels like it, it feels like every team at least has one. I don't, maybe again, this might be because you know the league's trying to get a little more straight. It might be cracking down on you know any uh back talk and quotation marks about calls. So. Yeah, my situation it just felt like uh, I, I don't really even feel like the league, like the league needs to like kind of fix that rule because 
Like I've seen other videos or, you know, it's a mandatory one game suspension apparently, but I've seen like a bunch of people get away with it. And then, uh, or like there should be like a second say, because if it's one out of four officials it, and the other three are voting no that it wasn't, it shouldn't be like for me, that's what it was. It was like I went into the referee's uh, room after and I said, like, why? Why did you get me with abusive officials? I, I didn't do anything. And, uh, you know, they said the three of them said, like, I, I thought it was a two minute minor. And then so I ended up sitting for a game and uh, I don't know, it def definitely had a negative effect on me personally. And I've seen uh, my buddy Kyle Stevens there. He's got hit with a couple of these suspensions so far. And, you know, it's unfortunate to see. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess let's, let's start talking about Biloxi and, and, and the Seawolves. But I, I this is someone I'm going to, something I'm going to ask everyone who plays in Mississippi. If you don't know, there, 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 you know, one of those ghost hunter shows. I, I, I'm someone who enjoys that kind of crap. Um, but they, they, they did a whole thing about the Coliseum. Apparently, there's some something there, and then the court Coliseum was built over and such. Did you happen to have any haunted experience while at the, while at the Mississippi Gulf Coast Coliseum? No, there was no, uh, <laughs> no ghost experiences in the Coliseum. That place is a beautiful place. And, uh, you know, I hope that market keeps on going too, because the fans are crazy down there as well. Uh, you know, I think with that team, they, they started off so hot. I was like, wow. Like, remember they went in game one and they beat Binghamton. Yeah. They, yeah. Like, I have a whole thing about that team. Team is going to be a wagon. And then it just kind of went, uh, downhill. You know what I mean? Oh Yeah. Like I, I went to the first two games against um, first two opening games, uh, which were both against Columbus. I, I went down. I have family in the area, so I went down and saw them. And I also went to the games. And game one, it was crazy because it was like, oh wow, Columbus. You know, me and Mark, we, we were doing our preview. We thought Columbus was going to be amazing, and Columbus has been very good. But they beat Columbus pretty single handedly, and then now you go into game two. I think that's at home that's when the cracks formed because that team basically fell apart and it was like okay wow that's interesting yeah uh, so i guess kind of your thoughts your time in mississippi and i the fan base is great by the way just shout out to them they they have probably the best one single season fan base so far i've seen for a fed team yeah um i i had a great time in mississippi uh i didn't think that it was going to be a long time uh, I think I was just there to fill in for the suspensions, mm. but because um, they did those mid-season suspensions, I don't, oh, right. I don't really yeah. understand what that was, but I was at home and I was like, you know what, uh, I'll go out for this. And honestly, I planned on moving down south uh, at the time anyway, so I figured like, why not stop playing Mississippi? And that Baton Rouge game was a great time, but I hadn't skated in like a straight up month at that point. And so when I first got there, they were like, yeah, it's four games in four days. I was like, I should have read the schedule, <laughs> but, mm. um, Mississippi's great. Uh, you know, I liked coach Esposito. He was a coach that found me. So when I was playing in the ACHA, um, coach Esposito found me and brought me to a free agent camp and invited me to play for the Danbury Whalers. Uh, but I ended up going back to college. So I didn't get to 
see Espo down there, but uh, I know him as like a great guy and everything, and I know him as a tough coach. But uh, on the other end, I mean, Joe Pace, I've played with Joe Pace uh, twice now, and every time it's a fun time, and, and he definitely, you know, he wears his heart on his sleeve, and he's just a com- like a competitor and a real hockey guy, and, uh, you know, I appreciate everything that that guy's done for me multiple times. Um, he's helped me clear my name a couple times, you know, <laughs> from different things. So, yeah. Uh, and, the, and the guys were actually really good there. Like, I can't really say, like, any guy at all down there was, like, you know, not a good guy or anything. It was just a short-term thing. Uh, the fans, uh, we did a thing at, like, Game On which the fans all came out and, you know, they love hockey down there. So it's ha- I'm happy to see that they got a team and I hope it keeps on building. And honestly, uh, I hope the team is successful in the years coming. I don't know. Are they out of playoffs or? Uh, it, it, it sadly looks like that. That they kind of that first big stretch of losses kind of really hurt them, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, they play Columbus like a hundred times and that <laughs> team is like, uh, kind of a wagon they're they're yeah. so, so good with like giving goes that it's so tough they break down d zones like it's crazy so they have a lot of skill there and they have the toughness and everything so yeah all right so i have a couple more questions mark it but i'll, I'll mark if you want to call go ahead and come on in i'll let you uh, ask a question if you want to hmm. okay so last season you mentioned you were with uh making and Bantam is a really well-run Fed team, especially in, like, this era. Like, they're one of the best-ran teams in the Fed ever. Uh, you got called up to Macon for a number of games last season as well. What did you see as a difference between a well-ran Fed team and, and an SPHL team? Um, to be honest... Um... I would like, I mean, so the thing about the difference between the SP and the Fed, uh, the Fed has like a different playing style. So it is like a big adjustment, but it's not how you really think. Um, You know, the SP, they pass the pucks quicker. um, But I I, I honestly, like me personally, I, I like the Fed style of play. Um, just because it's a lot more tough, it's a it's competitive. Uh, whereas the SP is a lot more skill, um, which is fine. I mean, I play good at either level, but uh, organizationally, uh, everything was planned out in the SP. So, you know, there's no. I think in the Fed, there's a little more wiggle room with like, you know, guys helping out organizationally and. I wish like that part of it would go away just so that it appears a little more like professionally or like whatever. Uh, but Binghamton, you know, they had all their, I mean, we, when I went there, it was supposed to be, I honestly was just going as like uh, for the free agent camp just cause I wanted to skate. And then it just so happened that uh, me and, my friend Kyle Stevens had an apartment back in Massachusetts and his rights were traded there after the Elmira enforcers. So it just, we ended up giving up our apartment and went there and things were great. Um, 
but you kind of see that it was not forever, you know? Uh, so eventually I, I kind of ha had to, uh, I mean, I was looking for call-ups and I had two call-ups and then eventually I was like, all right, I, I guess I got to go. So I went to Macon and um, I guess in Macon, it was, you know, they were a struggling team at the time, uh, but it nothing, it was just kind of how it was. I wish that they would, uh, this is two years in a row that they've picked a coach in August, you know what I mean? Or mm. September. And I think that they're honestly hurting themselves. It looks like it's going in the right direction with uh, Coach Nieder, but I hope that they keep him going into uh, next year and let him do like his own work because that actually was a great market a couple years ago so uh i wish i would have been able to play there then but uh i had a great time in macon uh i loved my coach uh zach desjardins who is with uh he's in the east coast i don't know what team um but organizationally i would say that it was just a little more structured in the sb but Binghamton was like a great market and I hope that it continues. I, I still love Binghamton and honestly, yeah, that was like probably my favorite Fed team I played for so far, uh, you know. So I guess before I ask my last question, if, if you got a phone call, you know, from Binghamton management and you said, all right, we want you back, would you basically hop on a plane and say, all right, I'm coming right now? <laughs> um. Probably. I mean, I do like, you know, the guys there still, and they actually picked up, you know, my making teammate, Taylor Cutting, who I, I hear he's got this nickname, the butcher now, and that's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I would. And same thing with like, uh, I, I loved Mr. Johansson. Like he is a great owner. Uh, the year before it was like a, a bunch of different owners. So it was still a well-oiled machine back then, but I think with Andreas, you know, he's, he's got it in the, going the right way. Um, you know, I played with Sherwood for a little bit, uh, Coach Sherwood now. Um, he was an unbelievable player back in the day, and I think that the boys are in good hands up there. Um, you know, it seems I still have friends there, and I still talk to them, and it seems like he's got it going the right direction. Uh, and, you know, because... For a little bit last year, I know when I went to Macon, it was like a first place team. And honestly, I didn't really want to leave, but I, I had to. Um, so <clears throat> it, it kind of got a little bit rocky in there and it, it became like a 500 team. And it was just like, what, what direction is the team going to go? And I think that kind of carried over to the beginning of this year. And it looks like it's going the right way. Um, I. I mean, I don't know. What What is your guys' championship predictions? Uh, right now, I think me and Mark both believe it's probably going to be uh, Columbus Danbury. But Binghamton's also kind of catching up to Danbury. Binghamton well. right now, actually, you know, pending what happens on Friday, uh, Binghamton might take my the spot for me. Mm. Because yeah, Binghamton actually right now has a better points percentage. Yeah. And Binghamton plays Danbury on Friday, so. Yeah. I, I think if Binghamton wins that game, they'll they might take my Empire spot. I mean, I hate to say it, but I, I'm still you know for Binghamton, so like I'm still rooting from over here, and uh, you know I, I give it to Danbury all the time. But um, I'm definitely 
thinking for me personally, I think it will be Columbus versus uh, Binghamton. And uh, I don't know. I just think that there's been a lot of changes in the second half of the season that were positive for the team. And I think that Danbury will, I mean, uh, not Danbury, Binghamton's going to come out and, you know, they're going to get hot at the right time. Uh, but so wait, are you got, you guys are Danbury fans too, or? Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. We're, we're, we're actually both SP market fans. Yeah, we are. But I, I follow the, we both follow the Fed very closely. So, yeah. okay. What teams in the SB? Uh, Huntsville uh, for me. Peoria. Okay. Huntsville was an unreal time to play at. I played <laughs> yes. there a couple times last year, and uh, they were like the wagon last year. So, yeah, it, it's it's very interesting because again, Huntsville. Not not to brag, but it's 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 definitely the SP's best market, and you're it's always weird because I go to other teams, and it's like wow, I feel you feel spoiled after that because you're like. Oh wow! So I, I could be in a situation like we're making, you know, they're, they're unfortunately having some attendance issues. But it's like, and you know, four hours away, you have Huntsville, and they're packing. They've had, I think, we're nearing double digit sellouts, and it's like, oh wow, you know, I, again, you, you become spoiled as a Huntsville fan. I think fans don't realize that yet, or who are having fans. Yeah, and Peoria is a good market too. Uh... It's still the same coach there, right? Yeah, he, I've only heard good things about uh, both of those coaches, actually. Yeah. So, unfortunately, Glenn is retiring after that at the end of the season. I'm kind of sad about that. Oh, that is unfortunate. And right now, Peoria is just kind of fighting for the stay. Yeah, I bet you they'll it's pull life. through. Yeah, yeah, they'll pull through. There's no way they can get rid of that market. It's right. too big, and uh, they won last year, right? And uh, yeah. I was I was upset about that. I wanted to see Roanoke win. I, I thought that they were the underdogs that came in from the bottom. That just a grinder team loved it. Hmm. All right, last question for me. I think that this will be great. We'll wrap it up. What is your best? I didn't hear that. Uh, did you lose Brandon? Oh my god! Did I did I get rid of him? Oh, never mind. <laughs> okay. All right. I think we I think we just lost connection for a second. Uh, so. What is your best kind of to, to wrap everything up? What is your best? This is the Fed story. Um, <laughs> uh, that one's a tough one. I mean, there's honestly just so there's so many of them, but I'm trying to think. Um. I'm going to have to think about this one. Uh, Probably. Well, like, all right. So I had this like rivalry with this coach for like a while. And he used to all, he's just like, um, I don't even know if I want to tell that story. (laughs) I guess like with this. uh, So I had a rivalry with the coach and he would always like send guys out to go get me. And I remember. (laughs) Yeah, he was, so it was just always like, but it, it was honestly like a competitive thing. Like it was smart on his part, and like I have respect for him as a competitor. And uh, you know, I'm sure he thinks that I hate him, and I'm sure that uh, you know, I think he does hate me for sure. But <laughs> uh, like it was almost like the kids on the other team. So this is when I played in Binghamton, but it, it had gone back so much further than that. Um, Cause the guys on the team would come up to me and just be like, Hey, why does that guy hate you? 
and like da 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 da. But he would just like send out guys, and then so it was like last year we were playing in Binghamton, and it was like a very tight game. It was for the first first place uh, game at the time, and we were down a goal, and I scored like a <laughs> scored like the game tying goal. And I remember like going through line, just going like, oh no, I'm going to get smoked. And then sure, sure enough, like a few shifts later, you know, I had my back turned and I got smoked from behind and this kid just kept unloading on me. He he actually plays for Binghamton now. And so, oh. you know, that, that was a good, that was a good smoke. And he got me like probably like 20 times in the face. And I was like, Wow, that was a good licking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, and now I'm starting to have some guesses. So first place game. Oh, Mark, I, I think I th- the, were they kind of in first place for a while. I'm just trying to think of the I, name. Hold on, he was a Binghamton at that point. So yeah, so I'm trying to think. Binghamton first place game. Oh, hold on. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put in our little private chat that we have. Was it? <laughs> No, no. Oh, okay. North, north, north. Okay. Well, then, well, then that gives me an idea of who it is. Then. <laughs> oh, it yeah. It's I... fine though. Honestly, like uh, that guy, he just wants to win, and like you know, I I I respect that because I, I'm kind of the same way. It's really just like I'm I'm not in the politician business, you know. I'm in the the winning business, and really. At the end of the day, like that, that's what this is. It's a performance-based in- industry, and it should all be about winning, and every team should be trying to win. And if that's what it takes to win, you know, you got to do it. So, uh, you know, and actually, like that coach moved uh, – well, this is going to give it away. But yeah. you know, he, he, he moved up, and I'm so – I'm actually, like, so happy – to see that he's having so much success up at the next level. And I hope that he keeps on going and uh, you know, he deserves it. He's been coaching in this league for years and years and years. And I actually, even though, you know, we had the little rivalry going for like years, uh, you know, he, I always kind of wanted to play for him a little bit and I think it would have been a good style, but obviously like, you know, he just didn't, didn't like me. So it was just (laughs) like, whatever. But yeah. I definitely respect him as a competitor, and uh, I wish him the best and all his success. And, you know, he deserves it. He works every day. He cares about his players. Um, and he's just a, a – he is a stand-up guy. Like, I respect that part of it. Uh, but, obviously, if I'm on the other team, you know, it's – you know, it's everything goes, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, Tyler, I want to say thank you for coming on Two Minutes Roughing. It was great having you on. Where can people find you if they want to maybe follow social media and anything like that? Uh, I'm on uh, social um, Instagram, TJWB48. Taking a little break from hockey. uh, But, you know, I never say that it's over. I definitely had a lot more to give this year. And, uh, you know, I appreciate the fans and all the teams that I played for, uh, especially Binghamton, you know, and – to all my friends that are out there, you know, I just want to say like, you know, really rooting for you guys and, uh, you know, much success. Mm. All right. Well, we'll see you on the other side, guys, real quick. Thank you again, Tyler, for coming on the show. Thank you.
All right. And thank you again, Tyler, for coming on the show. That was an amazing interview. Glad for him to be a part of it, uh, the show this week. But unfortunately, that's the end of our show. So, Mark, where can everyone go and find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Prospector Hockey. That's Prospector H-C-K-Y. And, of course, I am the Meyer League Rando. You can find me on Twitter at Meyer League Rando. Uh, of course, do this podcast. I, 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 you just, 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 just watch the Meyer League Rando account. It's, I, I have like three billion different things I'm a part of now at this point. And, yeah, because uh, you, are, you are mad psycho. Yes, I am. And also, I, I, I like to I like to build my resume so I can get an actual job. All right, <clears throat> thank you, uh, thank you everyone for tuning in this week. We shall see you next week, same time, same place. But until then, enjoy. Later.